1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12 says this, Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. Our passage begins with a vivid description of the sons of Eli being called literally sons of Belial. This term has been translated as worthless. It's the same term used to describe the men of Gibeah in Judges chapter 19 verse 22 who instigated one of the most brutal and obscene attacks on a person recorded in all the Bible. The term Belial is oftentimes translated as a proper noun, as someone's name. But the origin of the word is a bit obscure, and some think that it means without value, thus the term worthless. Whatever the source, the idea is one of immense, intense wickedness. Paul uses the term as a synonym for Satan in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15, when he writes, What accord does Christ have with Belial? So understand this about these sons of Eli. They were wicked men, and they were leaders in the temple of God. They were those who guided the worship of the people of Shiloh and Israel. But do we have any idea as to what makes them so evil? We'll notice the next sentence. They did not know the Lord. This description does not mean that they were not aware of the Lord or hadn't been taught about the Lord or that they were ignorant of who the Lord is. The phrase means that they had no regard for the Lord. They cared nothing for the Lord's words and His ways, His holiness, or His honor. Not even a little bit. So here they are, the next in line to be high priests perhaps, the ones who would walk into the Holy of Holies and intercede for the people of God. And neither one of them cared one thing about humbling themselves before the exalted Lord of Lords. Their great evil is displayed for us in the next few verses. The text goes on something like this, when people came to the temple to offer their sacrifices, they were interrupted by the priest Aaron boys, and their worship was cut short, and their sacrifices were lifted from the kettle or the pan where it would be being prepared for the Lord. And the people who had been careful to take care of the animal and make sure it was spotless and who had followed the Lord's words according to offering a right sacrifice, these people would say, can you just wait a minute while the fat burns and then you can take whatever you like? But please, let's not dishonor the Lord in this way. But the priest Aaron boy would say, no, the priests don't like boiled meat. And in thuggish fashion, with threats on their lips, they would steal the meat. So what's going on here? Well, imagine it this way. Let's say that you're coming to my church this coming Sunday, and you have spent all week looking forward to worshiping the Lord. You've been preparing your heart for corporate worship. You've been praying for me and other church members. You, you woke up and you arrived on time and you were eager to pray with so-and-so that you knew you would meet and you wanted to encourage someone else. You even talked your neighbor into coming with you. And after the opening prayer and the praise team started the first song, our associate pastor marches up the steps and onto the stage and he says, stop the music. Shut it all down. Before we go any further, Brother Cliff demands that he be paid. And not only that, he demands that he be paid more than what you have been paying him. What you've been doing is not enough. And he demands a new truck, a bigger home. And what you guys have been paying him is not enough for those things. So call the ushers forward and empty your pockets. And if you don't empty your pockets, the deacons have been charged with emptying your pockets for you. And instead of using that money for missions or ministry, it all goes to line my pockets. That's what was taking place week after week in our text. That's the scene that's before us. Priests 
taking what belonged as an offering to the Lord alone and demanding and taking by force whatever it is they wanted from the people's sacrifices. Were the priests supposed to receive portions of the sacrifices? Yes, but there was a prescribed amount and it was to be prepared in a certain way. But these two Belials took as much as they wanted, when they wanted, with no care or concern for the worship of God. So the narrator tells us, thus, the sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord. We have a worship problem in the land. We have a spiritual leadership problem in the land. How will all of this unfold and what will be done for the nation of Israel? These are exactly the questions that the rest of 1st and 2nd Samuel answer, so you gotta stay tuned. When you pray today, please remember Brandon Lingle and his family, our missionaries in Thailand. And also remember the Khmer Life Word broadcast that's heard in Cambodia.